I, I met Lauren in 2010, so that was early on. It was my second year yeah. into triathlon, and she literally said to me, I'll give you two more years. If you don't get a sponsor, you, I'm out of here. Welcome to the Rhinoplasty Podcast with me, Dr. Cameron McIntosh. So today is a bonus track number two. We have got a special guest in the studio. It's actually my own studio. Check this out today for the first time. Um, this is uh, actually one of my patients. I operated on him a few years ago, and he happens to be the African champion in triathlon. Kyle Buckingham, such a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been it's awesome to be here. So, Kyle, there's so much to chat about. I mean, obviously, we want to know a little bit more about the nose and stuff, but uh, kicking it off, lockdown 365 days ago today. Yeah, no, can you believe it? It feels like we've, we've lost a year, literally. Um, it's it's been a, a whirlwind um, of 365 days, but yeah, just try and get through it, and hopefully the it's the end is near. Yeah, man, I've got so much respect for you guys because, like, a decade ago, I was a pro athlete. I was an Olympic nurse, and you always spoke about two kinds of people: people who love training and people who love racing. And I know you're a racing snake. You love racing. You want to perform, and the training is pleasurable and it's a part of that but actually you're built for racing you're not built for training but you've had a year of training I mean yeah. when last did you compete yeah lucky enough I competed last year in um in November but before that it was uh, January before the lockdown happened in in March so only two races last year so it, it's been it's been really tough because I love to travel overseas love to race you know the top guys and uh yeah, we just hope I can get overseas this year and um, and and get get racing on the international circuit. Yeah, man. Yes, I, I tell you, I, I don't know how you guys do it. So, looking at, at your year to come, I mean, there's a lot of instability in terms of COVID, but there's also something very exciting because apparently, in nine <laughs> weeks' time, you and Lauren become parents. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Lots of exciting times ahead. Um, yeah, we're expecting a little one. Um, we don't know what it is, so it's going to be a, a surprise. It's going to be a surprise when, when the baby's born um, of what gender it's going to be. So, yeah, we can't wait. Things are going to definitely change. Um, you know, so but it's going to be fun, and um, maybe it will make me race even, maybe even harder. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I feel sorry for the competitors. I'm in the box for longer. <laughs> yeah. So, so Carl, um, let's chat a little bit about your nose now, okay? Because um, when we first met a couple of years ago, you, you came to me with um, two complaints in terms of the nose, and, and it's really important. There's always like a medical side and a surgical side. Mm. And on the medical side, it was this recurrent sinus infections and um, allergies and nasal mucosal problems and everything. But on the surgical side, we had what is um, called internal nasal valve collapse. And basically, when you were breathing in, especially when you're going hard, the sides of your nose were falling down. And we ended up actually doing an operation for you where, very similar to the breathe right strips, which many athletes use, we actually implanted a titanium breathe right strip as it were inside your nose. So on the surgical side, we stopped this nose from collapsing so that you can hopefully breathe better when you are breathing, uh, working at hard exertion. So in terms of just... Touching about the surgical side, tell the listeners what that was like. How, how was the operation for you and how are things now since the operation? Yeah, so the operation went extremely well. Um, I was literally only out of training for, um, or let's say bike and run for like five days. Swimming, I couldn't swim for about two weeks, but 
um, the operation went really smoothly um, and uh, the recovery was amazing. And then I noticed a difference straight away when literally when everything was fixed up and, you know, the stitches were out and my nose was all cleaned up that um, I was able to actually breathe through my nose. And it, it was weird because I've never been able to breathe through my nose at all. I think we even, I think we had like 10% or something airflow through my nose. And um, so the reason, uh, you know, it all, all came about why I wanted to get it done is because I used to get a lot of stitches and I couldn't get enough air into my lungs. Mm. Um, especially on the back, I would be shallow breathing um, and I couldn't open up my my lungs mm. and I couldn't mm. actually breathe in. Um, and also in the pool, like I used to breathe out through my mouth in the water, but you're supposed to breathe out with your nose mm. and breathe breathe in with your mouth when you, when you take a breath. So, um, and since then it's been incredible. Um, my wife even says I'm, I'm breathing through my nose when I sleep, so which is awesome because I used to just breathe through my mouth, and uh, yeah, so it's it's been an awesome, um, awesome way forward. Well, that's great. I mean, the, the the big thing is, you know, guys need to understand that it's so much about your recovery, not so much your your yeah. training, your performance, and so it, it breathing through the nose helps not only in training and in racing, but also in recovery. So we were chatting just before we got into the studio about. A quite a dramatic change that you've gone through in the last couple of years where you've moved away from like an omnivore diet yeah and that has changed things dramatically tell me a little bit more about that yeah so about a year and 10 months i made the switch into more of a plant-based way of eating um sometimes you know i still have eggs and and some cheese i'm not going to say no to a pizza or something like that but um 90 of my 95 percent of my diet is very plant-based lots of veggies um, loads of beans, rice, you know, sweet potato for the carbs and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, I've my, the reason why I made the switch is I've been doing a lot of research on a lot of the top uh, professional athletes out there. And um, a lot of them are following a plant-based diet. You know, tennis players, Formula One drivers, even athletes in our sports, you know, the guys that are at the top that have won Ironman World Championships in Kona. Um, you know, some of them are on a vegetarian or even a vegan diet. So um, I made the switch and literally within about two weeks, um, I could notice a difference wow. just with my recovery. But my energy levels throughout the day were were amazing. Like I wasn't, um, I wasn't ever flat. And mm. I don't know, but it's also been um, like eating, like we, we try and organic as much as possible. It's really hard and... Like mm. to go fully organic because mm. you just sometimes it's impossible to get a, a, you know, a few things that are organic. But um, we try and as much as possible get as so much, as a, a variety of vegetables and fruit. But you also just feel good about yourself when you're eating this stuff and with a lot of color. Because um, I've tried um, numerous diets. I was on keto for a whole year. Um, it was a very hard diet as an athlete to follow. Mm. Um, and it wasn't, it, in my opinion, it wasn't sustainable. Um, to be in ketosis uh, for 365 days a year is um, nearly impossible unless you're extremely strict. Mm. Um, and I also just found that I didn't have that top end. And as soon as I went off keto, um, you know, I won nine and African champs and, wow. and I was straight on back on the cards. Yeah. And then I looked at it and then I look at all the top professionals around the world. I don't know any 
um, top pro professors that are actually ketogenic that yes. have, that are, are at the, at the you know the, are setting the bar. Um, so it's it's been a it's and so that I'm not going. I'm, I've decided that you know just with all the traveling and um, going airports and you know you in Airbnbs and you know you just can't. It's really hard diet to maintain. Yes. Okay. So two questions come out of that. The first one is racing. What do you use when you're racing? And the second one is, have you been able to get some kind of sponsorship with this whole vegetarian lifestyle you're living? Yeah, so um, with racing, um, you know, I've, uh, I've been racing for the last, uh, like, a year, two years on Powerball. And that, they've always, it's always been, it always worked for me. And I always stick to around about 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight per hour. So I try and get in around about anywhere between 100 and 120 grams of carbs per hour, because I'm, I'm about 72 kgs. Mm-hmm. And that's re- uh, really worked for me. I mean, I used to try and have 60 grams per hour when I was on the keto to try and be in a more fat-burning state uh, for a long-distance Ironman. Um, but I just couldn't have, I didn't have that intensity on the bike to make those moves. Um, and you've got to be able to, like a car, you've got to be able to go from gear one into gear six and yes. not from gear one into gear three. Yeah. Um, and that's what I found. That was the different main differences was I was gear three and that's all I could do. But I couldn't put in a 15-minute surge and get to the front group because I just I didn't have that. Okay. I, couldn't, I couldn't train in those, in those zones in training um, on the ketogenic diet. So that's why... Um, made the switch and you know it's so much I think it's so much better for me and um, yeah and a lot of professional athletes are and in terms of support for this like uh, I mean Powerball one of your sponsors yeah Powerball one of my sponsors and then I approached um, uh, Fry's family they are a a meat free um, alternative uh, food so they've been really supportive Um, their products are are fantastic you know they um, Fully 100% non-GMO. They source their source their um, uh, soy and products from overseas, um, and that's been they've been a massive help as well. To you know, for just the ease of things. You know, if you still want to have a braai, you can still put a, a plant-based uh, meat-free burger or patty on the on the on the braai and things like that. So that's been really awesome being with yeah. them as well. So that's cool. But now, Carl, how have you sustained your sponsors? I mean, clearly. You've only done one race in the last 12 months. Um, who, who are the guys who are helping you? And, and what, what, what is your future in terms of trying to get back overseas and take part in Apparently, uh, there's a new triathlon series you were telling me about earlier. Yeah, so, you know, sponsors have been really, it's been really hard. Um, this, this whole COVID thing has thrown a massive span in the works because there's no races. A lot of the companies, you know, don't have the budget um, to sponsor athletes or sponsor a lot of athletes that maybe they can keep a few on. But I've had some really loyal sponsors, um, you know, for eight years, Santini, um, Cycle Wear and Triathlon Wear have been with me for eight years um, since, you know, my first year as a pro, 2014. And um, On Running Shoes, they're based out of Switzerland. Um, I've also been with them for eight years and, you know, I've got a, a bike company as well that support me with my bikes, uh, Diamond Bikes, um, over in America. Um, I've seen some of your photos on Instagram. Yeah, so, <laughs> proper. yeah and they're always uh, reinventing the wheel um, when it comes to aerodynamics on the bike, and so I'm riding the new, the new design. 
Um, so I've, I've got a, some amazing support um, by a lot of companies and uh, massive shout out as well to um, Velocity Sports Lab. They're based out of Cape, in Hart Bay in Cape Town and my sponsorship came to an end um, end of last year, but he was with me for nine years. So it was, yeah, Trevor was, yeah, thank you so much if you ever watch this, but yeah, it's, it was, he changed my, he changed, literally, he changed my life. He, he sponsored me since, since I was an age grouper. So 2012, um, we, we moved back from the UK, um, back to South Africa, back to Cape Town, and my journey started from there. And, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, going back to your second question, sorry, um, rambling on a bit, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to go overseas because it's where all the races are happening in America. I mean, the races are happening, but yeah, we, we're having a few visa. We're waiting for our visa, um, to go over to the States. So that's been a, a wait, um, for us. And, and there's this massive, um, PTO, professional triathlon organization that are, um, supporting, um, races even locally. If you, if you can't travel overseas, they supported a race here and, Elizabeth, the People's Triathlon last year in November. And they, you know, they supporting triathlon massively. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's incredible what they're actually doing for our sport. And, yeah, I'm lucky I've got another, you know, five, six years in the sport. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be around at this, at this moment in time with, uh, with, with someone like this um, yeah. on board with the PTO. I think also one of the kind of blessings, I guess, of not traveling this year has been the amount of time you and Lauren spent together because I know she is integral part of, of you and who you are and how you train and your racing and stuff. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Lauren's been a massive support um, Yeah, since 2014 or 2013 when I started, you know, transitioning into pro. Um, you know, because it's, it's, a, it's a team thing. You, it's, it would be really hard to do it um, by yourself. In, uh, individually because you, you do a six, seven hour training day and you come home and you still got to cook food and you still got to, now I'm lucky Lauren's a massage therapist as well. So it's been, it's been an incredible support. And now with the little one on the way, it's going to be even awesome to just share that experience with the little one when we travel overseas and we, um, you know, we've loved our travels, you know, we've been spending six months out of the year every year in America for the last six years. Um, and yeah, so we can't wait to take the little, little one along and shove it to the back end. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Man. So Carl, let's just change tracks slightly here. Um, I'm interested to know what your change in terms of your diet has done to your nasal symptoms on the medical side of things. Cause we touched base on the operation we did and helping you, but how has it changed you in terms of, uh, how are you doing medically with your upper respiratory tract and your lower respiratory tract? Yeah. So they. <laughs> So I got the nose fixed and it was amazing. Like I was able to breathe my nose, you know, breathe in, breathe out. And always when I ran, it was just all cycle and breathe in and out through my mouth. But every single morning I used to wake up, go for a ride. And I used to have a really congested nose and it was terrible. I mean, uh, and somebody, uh, a reflexologist said to me, why don't you stop dairy and see how you go? Literally stopped dairy, and within two days, I had wow. no congestion at all in my nose. I could breathe in through my nose in the mornings. Um, it, you know, if I, I was on dairy, it would go away. Um, I wasn't congested like after lunchtime, but you know, all my most of my sessions are in the morning. So swimming, cycling, or mostly in the morning, and um, 
and I stopped dairy straight away and um, and yeah and I haven't gone back so that's been really awesome and going back uh, actually when the reason why I wanted to get my nose done is um, when I couldn't uh, I wanted to try these breathe about strips so Lauren and I used to go around to um, uh, she used to go to the chemist in uh, in America and find the strongest breathe-right strips to put on my nose before races. And I see a lot of professionals racing with them. And I'll tell you what, the, it was such a difference. Um, but we had to really stick it on. We had to get this, because like, yeah. in the swim it could come off. So we really had to like put a little bit of like, skin glue. Like, yeah. like, and um, and that's why, one of the reasons why I contacted you, and just to yeah see if we could do something, because... The, the difference it made to my race and my run split as well was phenomenal. Was no stitches. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, no, it's like, it's great for me to see how athletes can improve, you know, with just simple things. Yeah. So, um, Kyle, let's change track again now. Um, and this is more for, I want to ask you three kind of things. The one is for, for the, the lighties, the little guys who are just getting into triathlon. What's your message to those kids? So I'd, uh, like 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 I did, I started at the age of 24, so very, very late. Um, uh, and the biggest thing I did was dream big because, you know, I was 24 years old. I'd never run before. I never cycled. The only swimming I did was on a surfboard. And that's, you know, that's all I did. Uh, back at school, I didn't really do any sports. I did a lot of surfing and skateboarding and things like that. I played the odd tennis game and cricket game. Yeah. But uh, my message um, to anyone out there... Um, if you don't play sports at school, you that doesn't mean that you that you can't ever be sporty. Um, and I took up I took up triathlon just by you know living with in a house here with five guys in London. I was working you know in at, in London as an electrician, and one of the guys was training for an Ironman, and I was like, "This looks crazy." He's going for seven hour rides down to Brighton and back, and uh, and then he would run off the bike for an hour, and then the next day he'd run three hours, and I'm thinking, "No, this is nuts." And he gave me a book to read. And I got hooked and I was like, bought a bike and uh, got a free program online and bought a pair of running shoes and then I uh, trained. Um, so I would never say if, you, if you're not sporty or you at the moment and you're just playing TV games or whatever, yeah. um, you know, you can, you, can still do, you can still do anything. You just got to believe. And, but the main thing is you got to work hard. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people... Um, don't realize is that in when I started triathlon, I used to train four hours after work. So I used to get home and run hoppers ball, five o'clock, finish work at four. So I was, I was lucky I didn't finish work at five, but I used to work eight to four, get home at five, and I used to literally get off the bike all the, all the run at hoppers nine at night. And um, I remember sleeping on the way in, in the car to work. My brother used to fetch me because we worked together. He used to fetch me. I used to sleep at, in the car going to work. And I used to sleep on the way home just to get a nap in. Because it was everywhere in London was 45 to an hour commute, whether it was on the train. Oh, I missed so many train stops, you know, because I used to fall asleep and then end up at Wimbledon and on the end of the line. And so it was, it was a, it was a, it was a mission. I, Lauren, and then I met Lauren in, in, I met Lauren in 2010, so that was early on. It was my second year yeah. into triathlon, and she literally said to me, I'll give you two more years. If you don't get a sponsor, you, I'm out of here. 
or you yeah, or yeah. you stop driving because I never see you. Yeah, it's four hours every evening. It's six hours on the bike to Brighton and back in the cold. Yeah. And I trained hard. I was training 25 hours a week as an age group or working eight hours, eight hours a day. Yeah. And then lucky enough, you know, I got the opportunity with sponsor with Velocity to come back to Howard Bay. And I worked in the gym for four hours and I was able to train more and yeah. recover better. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 2013 was a breakthrough year for me when I was still working four hours a day. But, um, you know, I won everything in my age group and then won the... I'm a world champs in Kona overall age group and had the record for five years until like two years ago got broken. But, you know, it's um, hard work and dedication um, and just dream big. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So what's been the single hardest, most difficult to most disappointing moment in your career? Um, sure. I think, uh, and there's a lot of them. It's not just single. It's like, five times or four times I've gone to Kona as a pro and not been able to fulfill. You know, I still think I still had a better race mm. as an age group yes. in 2013 where everything just clicked. Yeah. It's such a demand. It's such a demanding race in your body and everything's got to go right for you to make yeah. that top 10 because you're racing 50, 50 guys, 55 guys. Yeah. Um, and they're the best. And it's just been, it's just been upsetting to leave the island knowing that you weren't able to... Uh, times are irrelevant because you have a good time, but when you, if you're going to come 20th or mm. 25th, you know, you're not going to be stoked, not yeah, with yeah. what you put in. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's upsetting because when you put in 35 hours a week of training and then it comes down to one race, and you know, you put in a 16-week block and then it comes down to one race of of um, an eight hour day and uh and nothing nothing clicks then it's just you know it's demotivating but then two weeks later you you want to come back and 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 do it again so it's yeah it's i think those you know 20 uh, i I wouldn't say 2014 because that was my first year as a pro and uh i had i had advice not to do kind of but i was stubborn enough to do it i've already won my first ever uh, for Ironman as a pro in my first year in Lake Blast in New York. And, uh, and then Rio Reina Autistic, my first ever coach said to me, oh, I wouldn't advise doing kind of, it's too, it's, it, they're too close together. But I was like, it's my first year I want to go. Yeah. And, uh, so I went and so I don't regret that one. Um, it was just, that was experience. Um, but yeah, 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, 18 was my best year, 17. I went into Kona um, lying seventh in the world. Um, I came fourth at Ironman South Africa, and I came second at Ironman South American Championships. And I was lying seventh in the world coming into Kona. Um, So that was, you know, I thought I was in top four. And then, yeah, it just didn't go well. And then 2018, I won Ironman African Champs, my biggest win to date. Um, Had an amazing, just amazing day. Um, It's just like, when someone says you walked on water that day, that's yeah. exactly what you, yeah. like I was feeling still amazing at halfway yeah. on the marathon, you know, that kind of day, and you just yeah. everything. And I thought that year, you know, things are just gonna, you know, click. And got to Kona and didn't happen. So yeah, I was just a bit bummed. And going into Kona then I was sort of lying eighth. So those two years, 
I just had phenomenal years and 2019 was a massive setback for me. Like, just nothing went well. I'm an African champs happen. I cramped for the first time ever. I don't normally cramp because I don't sweat much salt. I've literally got, I don't sweat much salt at all. I have, I've been tested, which I'm really lucky. Um, but I had cramps on the bike and I had to withdraw. Like I literally couldn't pedal. And then I tried to go over to Texas and I got sick before the race and I still did the race, which wasn't actually smart in, in my opinion. Like I had a few people saying on my Instagram that it was not smart. One doctor even commented and said, no, that wasn't a good idea racing on with bronchitis. And uh, yeah, I got a Kona slot, but that didn't, I didn't, couldn't go to Kona in 2019 because of visa issues and we're still waiting. And uh, that was a massive setback because I did Italy and Barcelona and both didn't have good races. Um, I fell at one of the races and the other race I just bombed. So yeah, it's been, 2019's also been, so I'm, I'm itching to get back on the race course. Yeah, but Carl, that's great. I mean, I, I, I look back and I, I tried 96 Olympics. I took another three years for 2000, for 2004, finally 2008. You know, I think people sometimes think it's just easy. It's not. It's that thing yeah. of working every single minute of every day for your life for what you want to get yeah. to. So, yeah, man. And, I, and uh, you know, a lot of people, I've, and I've seen it, you know, I've seen it with the amateurs and I've seen, and there's no disrespect that, you know, but there's, I just find sometimes a lot of people want shortcuts. Yes. They want the best of, put in the hard work first and, and do that after, you know, you, you, 90% of it is your hard work and, uh, and dedication. Um, and and my biggest advice would be is get advice from people that have that have done, that have gone there. I'm you know I, I I admire all these guys wanting to go pro and stuff. And uh, but if I was an amateur, I would be asking pros. I'd be knocking on my doors saying, "What did you do? How, how did you how did you go about?" Um, and I'm willing to give that advice. You know, I'm just. You, you, you just want to share that knowledge, but, but you also want people to make the right choices and, um, for themselves. Um, yeah, so. Oh, well, Carl, it's been, it's been so good to chat to you. And, yeah. Um, thank you for allowing people to read. What's the best? Reach out through your Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. I've got a Facebook athlete account as well. Um, at a website. And yeah, but mainly on Instagram. I'm, I'm most active on Instagram at the moment. And, uh, yeah, just, trying to grow that social media and, and things like that. But right. Well, from all the listeners of the Rhino Velocity podcast around the world, and people are listening to this from in every continent, <laughs> on behalf of them, I want to wish you good luck. I yeah, really thanks, hope man. that you get to Kona and you don't just have a great race, have a race of your life. Yeah. Um, thanks so much. Thank you for your time and thank you for just all the stuff you can share with people. And yeah, Carl, good yeah. luck for, for your racing and good luck for becoming a dad. <laughs> thanks so much, Joe. Thanks. Awesome.